0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Erwin Lacour is, is the founder of MoveNat, a synthesis of his long term passion for real life physical competency, his love of movement in nature, his extensive knowledge of physical education history, and his personal philosophy of life. Until his teenage years, Erwin's only physical education came from judo and exploring the world around him. In 2008, while living, training, and instructing in Brazil, he worked on synthesizing his knowledge, experience, methods, and principles into the creation of an entirely new training and coaching system, which is where MoveNAT was born. Erwin has been featured in Men's Health in an inspiring article about himself and MoveNAT, written by none other than New York Times bestselling author Christopher McDougall. Outside Magazine also released another feature-length article about Erwin and MoveNAT. The magazine ranked Paleo Fitness number one of their top health and fitness trends of 2010, and MoveNAT as the leading force behind this movement. Erwin LaCour. What an honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio.
1: Well, Casey, thank you so much for having me. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, thank you for a brilliant uh, introduction.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having a brilliant life. (laughs) Um, I'm glad we're having this conversation. We almost didn't because you almost once died of malaria. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: (laughs) Oh my God, yes. uh, well, it was soon after I had moved to the US to, to start uh, teaching uh, Movenat in the US. And uh, I wasn't uh, I got invited to a, a trip to Tanzania. And uh, I got malaria there, uh, which I didn't know. Um, because then I flew to London. And in London I started to really feel, feel very unwell and then at first I thought it was a cold then I thought looks like the flu Um, and literally I had to do a two-day workshop instruction only instructor a group of probably about 40 people in the in the summer of London while having a terrible flu and having to do all the physical demonstrations you name it all the jumps the moving on all fours the sprints the the muscle ups the, this and that in while you know having high fever right and uh, feeling very weak only the the to end up um, in the emergency room maybe 2 days later when uh, you know it, it became Even worse. So yeah, Uh, malaria is no joke and uh, it felt like I was about to die. I was severely dehydrated. I couldn't, I couldn't drink anything. I couldn't eat anything and uh, I was shaking and shivering. And finally I told my friend who was hosting me, it's more than just a flu. Something, something else is, something is wrong. Anyways, I got very well uh, taken care of and, uh, I recovered and, uh, that's the story.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy. Something a lot of people would never experience. You know, it was back in 2014, I believe that somebody told me what a podcast was. And I remember, you know, kind of going on the computer and trying to look up things that maybe I would be interested in. And the, the first podcast I ever looked up was called rewild yourself by Daniel Vitalis. And, oh yeah, and you have been on his show twice um, at least twice from what I know. And you were one of his very, very first guests. And it's really interesting to go back in time and you know think about the concepts that i learned from that show that like sunlight was good for you and you should get fresh air and moving naturally is very important. And all of these things that now I, I know are totally true in health and fitness, they were kind of new to me at that time. And to go back and listen to some of your original episodes, I mean, you've had this thing nailed for a very long time. Um, what introduced you to the concept of Moving now a proper human movement.
1: Yeah, so you're right to, to point out that, uh, well, I've, it's not my first rodeo. I've been at it for a very long time. And um, I was training that way and basically also living this lifestyle, more natural lifestyle, before the internet was even a thing, let alone uh, social media or podcasts that came much later. Um, you mentioned Daniel, Daniel Vitalis is doing a great job also at inviting people to rewild their life, which is basically the same idea as move natural movement. And he actually, uh, came and trained with us and become certified with us. And so it's been also part of his journey after that. But, um, but yeah, originally and, and still to this date, it was never just about movement or natural movement, it was never just about real world physical capability, which is for sure our our emphasis. This is what we teach. We have a certification. We teach people how to move naturally, how to move naturally with efficiency, and how to structure their training, etc. But from day one, uh, remember, as early as, uh, well, of course my time in Brazil and before in France, but when I taught my very first official workshops back in 2009 in the woods of West Virginia, I taught proper breathing, nasal diaphragmatic, slow breathing. I taught obviously natural movement. I taught being barefoot, which now is called Irvin, um, or wearing minimal shoes. Uh, I taught, uh, to, you know, people to eat local, seasonal, um, unprocessed food, to fast. Like, for instance, the last day of training was very hard and was all done on a fasted state, uh, taught people about the importance of sleep, of sun exposure, and whatnot. So my point is that uh, everything that has later on become a niche, become a you know, food function, uh, earthling, fasting, cold exposure, all of that. You know, it was all part of the original natural movement lifestyle. So what was my influence behind that? Um, well, uh, it started with, I guess, a mindset uh, of my early childhood, where my dad was pushing me already to just, you know, suck up the, Whatever conditions, you know, fear if I was climbing a tree was encouraging me to, to to climb trees or rocks or or swim underwater or jump over an obstacle and to um, to also just be able to play outside all the time, regardless of the weather, including in the cold. So it was kind of old school mentality of, you know, you're a kid, you're supposed to be in the street or in the in the woods or outside and play and challenge yourself and become strong and capable and confident in the process. Later on, I also start to just um, think of where this could take me if I was to, to keep learning and practicing and pushing. And And I've had diverse uh, experiences and uh, I've synthesized it all into what's called move now mm.
0: today. That's amazing. I mean, the list of lifestyle practices that you just named—we have done individual episodes about all of those things: the structure of the foot, going barefoot, grounding with the earth, getting fresh air and sunlight—but never all in the same, you know, in the same episode. It's amazing that you were able to put all of those things together. How should humans move when we think about natural movement? What things should we be thinking about? Um, well, first off, to understand that. Um,
1: people, we, your ancestors, our common ancestors, were obviously physically active. They were living in nature, very close to nature, in nature, with nature. And obviously they had to move. It was not an option. And that was long before they had gyms or fitness programs or even having to somehow motivate themselves to be physically active. So what was their their reality back then was that if you didn't move, then you you had a problem, and uh, you could not uh, survive or you could not be useful to the community you belong to. Right, a lot of physical tasks had to be done, starting with walking, walking and carrying things, uh, being outside, uh, you know, stepping over, under, through obstacles, all kind of natural movements. So. That's that's the the origin. And it's just like other animal species. You think of any wild animal, a dolphin in the ocean, an eagle in the sky or up a mountain, a mountain lion, a wild horse. They all have their own natural movement. So what's their own natural movement? It's not individual spontaneous natural movement, whatever you want it to be. Well, not at all. The dolphins move like dolphins do. The eagles move like eagles do. The wild horses move like wild horses do in nature, as a way to stay alive, as a way to stay safe, as a way to also um, have, you know, offspring and and keep being alive as a species. So the question is, what is natural movement to us? human beings as a species? And then the answer is very easy. You look at the kind of movements that people who still live close to nature, hunter-gatherers do, or what simply all kids universally, regardless of ethnicity, culture, gender, all of those identity considerations, look at what all young kids do spontaneously without any instruction. They move on all fours, they roll, they stand up, they get back down, they 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 walk, they start to run, they balance, they start to jump, they start to hang, they start to climb, they start to move things around, to lift them, to carry them, to throw them, to catch them. They do all of the natural movements. And that is without any adult telling them what to do. So basically it's a natural drive, it's a natural physical education program that they do by instinct okay so that's that's what natural movement is to us human beings and if you look at those movements you understand that um, all of them could prove literally vital to your survival in a challenging situation in order to escape a challenging situation and you may ask firefighters, they don't do handstands, they don't do uh, tricks, they, you know, they have to run, they have to climb a ladder, they have to jump over an obstacle, they have to lift and drag or, or carry somebody um, to save lives. Those natural movements, those skills, they are vital. So when um, when there's a problem and you need a physical response, it's you are going to have to do some kind of natural movement always. So that's what we are supposed to do. That's what humans, all human beings, are supposed to do. Um, means it means it should be part of their behavior, their physical behavior. Of course, we can also dance. We can do uh Uh, like funky movements, uh, creative movements, uh, all kinds of exercises, exercises with machines, uh, exercising with tools and devices, and all kinds of, there's all kinds of things that we can create, programs that we can create to be physically active. But what is universally, what's the basis of our physical activity? It's natural movement. All specialized sports are born out of natural movement. Uh, if you play soccer or tennis, you'll have to run. What is tennis or ping pong if not catching and then throwing something, an object with a tool? But the idea is that you are moving, you're running, you're stepping, you're catching, you're throwing, all kind of sports where you're going to have to basically um, have – the foundation of natural movement in you in order to perform in a very specialized sports, all specialized sports um, that are physical. They are born out of some natural movement ability that comes from evolution and that is universal to all human beings. So that's the beauty of it.
0: Mm. I love that you mentioned the kiddos. Um, I see it in the playground near my house all the time. These kids, they can deep squat and hang and they run everywhere. Like, you can't teach running form as good as these kids just already know how to do it barefoot through sand and grass and all that stuff. What makes us lose that ability over time?
1: Ooh, there's a lot of uh, variables. There's a lot of variables. Um, I would say the first thing, the first reason why we lose uh, those abilities, obviously, is um, disuse. We, we stop moving those ways, or we never really move a lot those ways. And that has a lot to do with uh, parenting, actually. It has a lot to do with uh, being a young child. Obviously, you're taken care of normally or typically by your parents or by whoever is taking care of you. The question is, what is their physical behavior? Because they're showing you or not showing you uh, what healthy natural movement is. So, if you have parents who basically don't move much, they don't spend much time outside, or when they do, it's mostly walking a bit or sitting, but you'd never see them climb things. just you know jump off things moving all fours uh, lifting carrying things none of those movements are part of their physical behavior and and movement repertoire so basically you as a young kid who's paying attention both consciously and mostly unconsciously it's never part of the example that you receive so it's all of a sudden if you see other kids moving and they want to move just like you, your are young kid. You want to do all these movements by instinct. But at the same time, you never see adults around you doing it. So what's the message there? The message is that, well, it's, it's in fact useless to do that. And that idea is reinforced by the fact that typically uh, adults that don't move tend to also want to restrict kids' movement. They want to tell them, don't do that be still going to hurt yourself or it's only when we're at the playground for 10 minutes or 20 minutes while I'm you know sitting looking looking at my phone and that's the only time you'll have the permission to behave that way to be free of your movement to hang and yell and run and be wild and 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 do crazy things with your movement just feeling free they're not crazy things they're actually very sane and very healthy But the rest of the time, you shouldn't do any of that, you know, not inside the house, not outside because it's the weather is not nice or because the neighborhood is not safe or whatever, because you're going to hurt yourself because then you're going to ruin your, your, your pants or something. (laughs) But when we were kids, that was the opposite. Me, it was, Why are you doing what are you doing inside? The weather is nice, just go outside, just go, just go play outside. And that implied we would go and play outside, we wouldn't have any electronics. So we would have to use our imagination and we also would have to listen to our instinct. So that could be playing tag, that could be playing seek and hide, hide and seek, or whatever. The idea was we were playing those natural games. That involved natural movement, exploration, challenge. Hey, who could climb up there? Who could jump off that? You know, this is uh what you need as a kid, the environment. And if on top of that, your parents give you permission, or if they even show you some example, because that's also what they do, then it's very powerful. If it's the opposite, if they don't never show you that example on top of that, they prevent you. They try to restrict you from doing that. Then that's the number one reason why you lose that ability because you don't think that it has any value. You know, you have to wait that your top proper exercise, you know, like, okay, this is how you do proper biceps curls. This is how you do proper whatever, Um, but, (laughs) you've completely dismissed what was there originally ready to go, ready to develop, ready to be strong, ready to be capable. And that's, that's the reason it's a social, that's a social construct actually.
0: Mm. Wow. It's so, it's so interesting on the one hand that humans can do so much with technology. And, you know, here we are having this conversation to completely parts, different parts of the world, but it also kind of hurts us. Is is sitting probably the the worst um, thing that's hurting us in our modern lifestyles, in your opinion?
1: Um, no, it's not necessarily the worst. Um, sitting is a natural position. It's a natural movement. There are diverse ways to sit, diverse positions of sitting. You're not, you don't have to always sit on a couch or on a chair. You can sit straight on the floor. Once you are on the floor sitting, there are diff- different positions that you can uh, sit in. And then there are diverse ways of getting up and getting down. And now that's supporting natural movement, good natural movement. Now, if you are sitting for hours a day, every day for years, you're sitting in on elevated seats, so your legs are below your rear, then you probably have a rounded back, your ribcage is compressed, you don't have a good ample breathing. If you add to that, maybe you have you know uh, the way you breathe is too fast and too shallow, you never get sunlight exposure, you never get more movement, more frequency of movement, more authority of movement, you're never outside, then it's not just sitting. It's, it's easy to just point at sitting. It's sitting that's killing you. Well, certainly sitting is not helping, but what about your chronic lack of sleep? What about your chronic lack of fresh air? What about your chronic lack of sunlight? What about your chronic, chronic lack of nature? What about your chronic lack of movement or more diverse, more frequent, more intense movement? What about your chronic lack of relaxation, always stressed? What about your chronic lack of healthy food, nourishing food instead of industrial food that's poor in nutrients and that is probably you know loaded with all kind of toxic molecules that should never enter your body you see there's much more to being healthy or being unhealthy than just one aspect so lack of movement too much seating, not enough sunlight not enough fresh air improper breathing, too much stress not enough rest, not enough relaxation not enough love All of not enough, you know, community, not enough laughter, all kind of things are going to take a toll on your function, on your health, on your well being, on your energy levels, and on your enjoyment of life. Mm.
0: I love that. So well said. I I agree so much. All of those things need to be kind of connected. Sometimes you need to start in a certain place and maybe the exercise is where you get started on your health journey. And that then leads you to better eating or vice versa, whatever. But yeah, I think all of those are so critically important. Um, if for somebody who didn't have a lot of access to things and diverse ways to move outside, what would you say to somebody who, who wanted to start a movement practice inside?
1: Well, that's a good point because first off, moving naturally um, is obviously wonderful and very potent uh, for health, for function when you do it outside because the benefits of just being outside. But at the same time, movement, movement behavior, you know, the way you move and the way you can exercise through those natural movements, that's the idea is that You can find in the variety of those natural movements a way, a complete way to exercise, regardless of where you do the movements. So it can be outside, it can be inside, it can be in a natural, uncontrolled environment, complete wild environment, it can be in a controlled environment that can be both inside or outside. So, as a matter of fact, when you begin, you probably want to learn the movements in an environment that is comfortable to you. That's not too intimidating. That's not too rough. That's not challenging. That's not, you know, with all surfaces being rough and stable as in natural environments. For instance, you can walk on all fours on a flat, stable, indoors environment. You can start like that. Then maybe you can balance on two by four boards. And this is the way we teach beginners. We teach a lot of beginners indoors. We even have licensed facilities to do that because for a number of reasons, um, it's not always practical to take people outside in nature. It, it may have to do with... The weather. It may have to do with the distance that needs to be, you know, driven to to get there. Uh, it may have to do with also finding in one environment or a rather small environment a diversity of of props, of structures that enable natural movement. For instance, hanging, jumping, and landing. You know, all kind of obstacles that can be designed to make you move naturally in a very diverse way in one setting whereas when you go in nature um, you may not find in one spot all the let's say the natural um, the natural diversity of environment that you need for instance for uh, hanging and climbing or then jumping and landing etc etc So indoor training is very, very, very practical and convenient that way. And ultimately, once people have learned to, to move better, to have, you know, stronger bodies, you know, healthier tissues, uh, all the skills, the neurophysiological adaptations that are important for movement, efficient movement, then they can start bringing that new knowledge and that new ability to more natural, more challenging environments outside.
0: Mm, I love that. And I think it also just takes a little bit of creativity, especially in the beginning. You might not see places to hang or things to carry or things like that. But if you look around, I think most of us have some access to, you know, a neighborhood park or, you know, some rocks that are nearby. Like like it does require a little bit of creativity, but but have you found that it's it does become more simple for people to find ways to move naturally outside?
1: So that's also a very uh, good point, Casey. Um Great question, because if natural movement was just like, oh, okay, I get it. So basically I move naturally. Um, what about everybody just go in the woods and that's it. You're going to rediscover and unleash your food potential just like that, just spontaneously, no need for any method, any instruction, any coaching, any specific environment, just do it like that. Well, most people will not have any idea what exactly to do and how to move and how to practice and how to stay safe doing that. Um, And, uh, or it would take a lot of time, whereas, well, time to begin with, a lack thereof is is a huge uh, issue in today's society is that people, most people complain that they have very little time. Um, so how many movements do you have to do? What are the movements that you've forgotten, the diverse variations and the diverse techniques, right? So this is what we teach. We teach all these diverse techniques, those diverse movement variations. Um, and so, and, and we do that using simple but effective props uh, and drills and this way you don't have to do the guesswork of like, okay, that's it. I t- took the whole day off or whole half day off. I'm in nature. I'm in the, some local park. What do I do now? And you're going to do that once maybe, and maybe you're going to try a movement. I'm uh, going to become energetic and hopefully you will not hurt yourself, but that's a possibility. And then you might think, okay, I'm too old for this, or I don't know what to do. Um, Well, this is why we have a method. We, we assist people in their rediscovery of their innate potential and so that they can harness it in a very quick and effective way that is also safe.
0: Mm. Uh, For the listener, as long as you're not driving, make sure you go to the show notes. I'm going to link up the video from your website, which I believe is called the workout the world forgot. Is that correct?
1: Yes, this was actually, uh, that very title was an idea from um, Christopher McDougall himself, who is the uh, New York Times bestseller author for um, Born to Run was the first uh, book. And then second one was Natural Born Heroes. Um, So the work at the World Forgot. Yeah, it's a great video, very inspiring video that I did many years ago. And uh, it's it's him, Christopher McDougall, that say, hey, why don't you call it that way? And I thought it was a great idea because, indeed, there are so many workouts out there. Um, when people think of how to exercise, there are so many possibilities, so many options. It can even be confusing. It's like, okay, which one is the best? Which one is the one for me? What are the benefits? Am I going to enjoy the um, the training or not? Um And then you have trends and you have, okay, the new thing, the new program. That idea of the, uh, the workout the world forgot is that to train our very natural movements, the way we as a species, we human beings are meant to move. What if that was the workout, the elephant in the room? The way to exercise that is the most effective, the most appropriate, the most uh, practical, the most useful. And why is that? Well, simply because it's universal. Simply because it pre- it precedes all of our programs that ever were created. Much later on in the history of mankind, basically in the in the last decades, we've invented so many new ways to exercise, and yet it looks like we completely forgot that we could become very fit and very capable physically, but just training the very movement abilities that are, that we've inherited from a long history of men and women living in nature.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, the video is very well done. It's absolutely beautiful to watch. Um, out the diversity of different movements. And you can see kind of what you mentioned earlier, the utility of those movements, crouching underneath a tree, hanging from a tree, running up, you know, a pile of loose rock. Like those things would be very useful to be able to do while you're out in nature. I remember the first time, um, I think I was taking a client through, we were doing a circuit back and forth and one was um, hitting a tire with a sledgehammer which, you know, it's fine. Totally cool exercise. The other one was farmer carry, which is where you're carrying two dumbbells from one end of a field to the other. And I remember thinking like, you, I'm not getting anything out of this. <laughs> I'm not producing calories. I'm not carrying and chopping firewood. I'm not carrying water. There's no, there's no use here. But you see in the video, like you swimming with a giant log, pushing it, you know, down the river. And it's like, yeah, there is some use there. You're getting something out of it in a way that you're right. We've kind of forgotten as a species.
1: Well, well, all I did was to replace those movements in the original context or an idea of the original context, which is nature, a uh, practical context that would demand, uh, require that you do those movements. So um, for, um, like the uh, the farmer's carry or, you know, uh, hammering a, a tire with the... Uh, with a heavy, or what's the name again? The mass, like whatever is the name of that object. This is great. I mean, those are really great movement. Okay? There are great movements. But indeed, um, they are the replication in a different context of natural movements that we would, we would originally do in an actual practical, useful context. So indeed, uh, instead of hammering a, a tire, you would actually chuck wood instead of actually you know, uh, carrying uh, iron plates or kettlebells or something like that. You would actually carry buckets full of water or earth or rocks or whatever. So you would be doing that because it would be an actual labor, an actual chore, physical chore that you would need to do uh, in the real life. The thing is, today, an overwhelming majority of people um, don't need physical labor uh, to have food. Okay, so I'm not saying that there aren't out there millions of people who are working jobs that require physical labor. That's not what I mean. Uh, but but the physical labor that they do, it does not. Um, it's it's not related directly to making food. Okay. It's part of a job that gets you a, um, you know, a paycheck and then you can buy food with it. Whereas originally when you would do the labor uh, that would be actually farming, that would be actually something like that. So my point is not everybody, regardless of whatever is a person's, you know, job, that it is includes some labor or full labor, physical labor, or it's all you know like office or uh, you know uh, other kind of work. Um, there is a lot of time and energy that is uh, spent working, and we all need to work because we all need to make a living, and that's great and necessary. But that leaves little energy for physical practice. That would relate directly to our biological needs for movement, including and starting with natural movement. So, if you think about it, not everybody will have the leisure to go exercise in nature, to exercise their natural movements, and that's okay. This is the way it is. So, what is it that we try to do? We try to understand what are the very, the whole scope of movements that we normally are meant to do. Because, like, imagine a dolphin in a pond, you know, in a swimming pool, or some other wild animal in a small enclosure. Clearly, they're going to do very little of the natural movements that they normally need to stay physically and mentally healthy. So, what about us? So, if we don't have time to be in nature to do the real movements, we can always find a way to replicate those natural movements and do real and true natural movements, but in environments that may not, may not be natural. So we want to somehow find a compromise where we're going to uh, create those avenues for our physical expression that are going to be as close as the original naturalness but that we'll also understand that there are limitations that have to do with our modern lifestyle. Yeah, And just to finish on that, when ultimately we have some free time and the leisure to go in the woods, to go somewhere in a natural environment by a river with rocks and trees and hills and things like that, this is beautiful. But that's not always possible and that's okay. And so we, our method provides a lot of solutions to enable the exercise of natural movements to to exercise naturally through those natural movements without necessarily having to go in nature all the time
0: Mm, yeah that's very practical for somebody who's listening to this and really wants to get started what do you recommend for somebody to get started how did they find somebody to learn the system from
1: that is also, there's plenty of ways to do that. So number one is, the uh, simplest is to pay a visit to Movenat.com. So it's M-O-V-N-A-T, movenat.com. Um It's by, by where we have a new, beautiful website. And uh, they are uh, there's a newsletter where we send three um, uh Free workouts, you know, natural movement, natural movement workouts that uh, you get in your email with links to uh, videos that we have on YouTube. So that's a way to get started. That will give you inspiration and ideas on you know some of the movements you can start to do. We have e courses that you can uh, find and buy. Uh, Some are for, you know, general natural movement. Others are more for mobility through natural movement or metabolic training through natural movement. Um, And we also have online coaching. We have a certification. You can find a local certified trainers. We have thousands of them around the world. Um, And of course, there's also my book, my book, which can be uh, bought online. And it's a great introduction. A lot of information here in the book.
0: Wow! Yeah, your website is beautifully done. I was just on there. It's amazing how many resources you've included for free. I was just learning about how to land a jump in a safe and effective way, which is pretty cool. Do you need a certain level of fitness to begin doing this, or could somebody who hasn't worked out in many years just get started with this as well?
1: Well, it's the it's um, not at all not at all the case. You can really anyone can can start. Anyone can learn. Again, everybody got the foundation of natural movement in them. Basically, our anyone's body is designed for human natural movement to begin with. So you, you're made for this, okay? Everyone is made for this. Um, and so the point of having a method too is that we provide a progression, a starting point with gentle progressions so that you can you know uh re reacquire and reignite that potential in a very uh, effective and enjoyable fashion also a safe way mm, so there's awesome. no need to, there's no need to be fit to become able, able to move you learn how to move with efficiency you know with good form and you become fit in the process.
0: Mm. Wow. I love that. I love how you have put that all into one system to, to help us learn this kind of stuff. This has been an amazing conversation. If you wanted to lead the listener with one simple tip that they could walk away from this conversation with, what would that one tip be?
1: Well, if you are parents and, um, if you watch your kids, they're young kids and they, they play a lot, they do all these movements. Well, maybe why don't you, Go ahead and participate a little with them, and uh, see what you can do. See how you can move. Uh, that could be a good idea uh, to get a good sense of you know what natural movement is. Uh, that's a good idea. But uh, just just think of uh, just look at the movements that you do on a day to day basis. When you wake up, from the moment you wake up until the moment you go back to sleep to bed what has been your movement behavior if you were to video yourself no sound just your movement behavior what is it made of For hours in a day Uh, what do you spend doing with your body and then maybe you may realize oh okay what can i do to add to that more variety of movements more more diversity, more frequency of movement. And that's a good start. So maybe the the best start is to just look at it that way. Look at it, look at what's there, what is there in your day-to-day physical behavior that's there and what is is it that is missing? And if you realize that a lot is missing, then it's maybe a good idea to start implementing, reacquiring a good number of, of diversity of movement in your day-to-day physical behavior. And that's natural movement. That's how it starts.
0: I love that. What a great tip and what a great way to end this conversation. Erwin LaCour, where would you like people to go one more time to find you and your work and connect with you?
1: Well, uh, there is MoveNAT.com to begin with. Uh, MoveNAT.com is uh, the official website for everything MoveNAT and natural movement. And then um, also, I've been developing a new method called breath-hold work, which does not imply movement, but implies, it's in fact a meditation. So it's about learning to down-regulate, learning to understand self and regulate self through both breathing and most importantly, through breath-holding, which also uh, requires uh, progressions and understanding. And this is the new method i've been uh, teaching and it's uh, it's extremely effective and uh, there's the word is already out and there are a lot a lot more people are asking about it and uh, wanting to to learn with this
0: that's
1: great learn about them that's
0: great Wow, that's awesome. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Erwin, thank you so much uh, for all of your work, for coming up with this system, helping us move more and encouraging us to get outside and move like humans. We really appreciate you and your work and for taking the time to come onto our show today. We are very grateful for you.
1: Well, likewise, Casey. Thank you so much for having me and thanks everybody for listening. Absolutely. Have a great day and be safe.
0: And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. So thank you again so very much for listening to Boundless Body Radio. I can't thank you, the listener, enough. We are so grateful for you. This year, 2021, was amazing. We got to talk to so many amazing people around the world and got to learn so much from them. And we actually just passed 80,000 downloads worldwide, which I just, when I started this, could not even fathom that we could reach that many people with the message. And hopefully you have gotten a lot out of this, um, as as have we Um, As we start the new year, we just wanted to let you know about some of the resources that we offer at Boundless Body LLC. Please go to our website, which is myboundlessbody.com. That's myboundlessbody.com. You will see an option to book a complimentary 30-minute consultation with us so that we can discuss your goals with health and fitness and maybe help you create a plan for the new year. Bethany, my wife, also offers uh, virtual Matt Pilates classes, which are absolutely amazing, they're very engaging, and also very, very affordable. Those can be done live on Mondays and Fridays, or also given out as a recording to do at your own convenience. We also offer training and meal planning services that are also done virtually from the safety of your own home. So if you want to avoid the busyness of a gym, we can help show you how to get really fantastic results at home with a very minimal amount of equipment. We've been doing it now for two years. We've gotten pretty good at it. So we are happy to show you that. Once again, that website is myboundlessbody.com. And if you are enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. It really helps um, get this passion project out to more people. So cheers to 2022. And thank you again for listening to Boundless Body Radio.